Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feral Latch Key Kid podcast. My name is Allison Allwine. I will be your host through the netherworld that is my ADD addled brain. So get ready. Today is going to be so much fun. We are going to be talking with one of my college besties and a former roommate, Garrett Torres. We're going to deep dive into everything about theater kids being unleashed from high school performances to dropped lines, missed entrances, costume change nightmares, what it takes to be in the industry, and some of the best acting advice that I have ever received. Stay tuned, get ready, here we go. Hello, welcome. It's time for another episode. I am so excited. One of my college besties, former roommate, we used to sleep head to head. Toe? No, toe to head. Toe to head, I think. At an L on a sectional couch at one point in time. (laughs) Garrett Torres. And the pandas in the house. I know. I just got us each a pillow to sit on at my creaky, rickety um, kitchen <laughs> chairs. <laughs> Garrett got the round one. He's like, it's for my butt. Oh. It looks like a little donut. It does. It, it looks like a hemorrhoid donut. It's red and like just ready to go. Oh, I feel often? like I have had hemorrhoid. never had Wait, hemorrhoid. have I? No, I've had an anal fissure. What's that again? I'm have not entirely certain. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Too much butt It makes stuff? your... No, I wish. No, it just it makes your butthole bleed. It's like a tear. It's like a like a bad tear that. Oh shit! Um, I've so I've learned recently. I have IBS, and I think that's oh. yeah, okay. symptomatic of it. Yeah, I'm currently on an elimination diet for it. I'm kind of in my hot girl phase. I don't want to brag, but um, so okay, co- uh, college. college. So we each are theater kids deep down to our cores and went to a performing arts college, American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And I met Garrett. So you started at the LA campus, much like I did, but there was a period where there was a difference in the schedules between the Los Angeles campus and the New York campus. And it sort of had this forced semester off for conservatory kids, if memory serves me. But the bachelor's program kids- You could choose- Had that time period was a semester or something weird like that. You and can choose to take the summer off. So I was chose, that it? Yeah, I chose to have the summer off. But there I was did. also a break. We weren't always on the same schedule as New York, no? Yes, correct. Sure. Okay, anyway, but yeah, so you'd taken the summer off yeah. like a normal college student would do. Yeah. And I was barreling through like a crazy person. Like a crazy person. Which is par for the course, quite yes. frankly. Yes. And so our third semesters ended up coinciding and at that time i was eligible to transfer to the new york campus as were you and that's when we met was that yeah. the orientation yeah it was at the orientation we we were like they were taking us all through and then they were like oh yeah also these are some people from yeah <laughs> we were like literally it felt like breakfast club it was this group of i think there were maybe 10 of us 12 of us yeah very very few very small and everybody else there i mean it was a pretty decently sized auditorium everyone else there was from wherever yeah. and there's just like us little raggedy group of people in the back that are full-on la kids that are like hey what's up so we all got really close because we all went over together and they kept us clumped together for quite a few things but i got lost on the way to orientation which anyone who knows me will not be at all surprised there. by and i was the last motherfucker in there i somehow ended up like in the middle of central park campus is on 61st street and broadway Where did you get to central park? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think because I went to drop my bags off in the dorms, which are near-ish to, the Strat was on 72nd near Columbus. Yeah, between Columbus and Amsterdam. Right. So I think I just got turned around and ended up going 
sideways and up. And then our uh, orientation leader, Graham, had to come get me. I literally was just like, I don't know where I am and I'm not getting to orientation. And I'm not trying that hard anymore. Do you remember his name? I don't remember his name. I only, oh, Graham Bailey. Oh, Graham Bailey. Okay. Yeah. I, I've never said a full name on here before, but Graham is a sweetheart and I don't think he would care because we're not true. saying anything. Yeah. But um, so he came and got me, God bless him, and uh, took me to orientation. So I rock up in there super late. I didn't really need to be at the orientation. I didn't feel though. No, there was one point when they were talking about where to put your purse strap. Is that, is, and then. It was really just a welcome to the big city from your podunk piece of shit town 101. Yeah. And they, they tried to scare us. There was a lot of like, you know, bearing in mind, because uh, you were also older as a student there, right? Okay. I was literally the oldest student on campus at the school at this time. That has since changed, but I was 30 years old going to the school and I'd already lived in other large cities around the world. So I was like, I don't need to be here. This and I would, yeah, this is not for me. And you were the same way. Brittany yeah. was the same way. Yeah. Jessica was the same way. Pretty much everybody that had been living, I, it was really like, for it 18 was, and 19 year old kids that yeah. have left home for the first time and had no idea bright eyed butcher tails and like yeah and like, like i'm gonna achieve my dreams and be on broadway and you're like no the fuck you're not no now they're sit down and get a marlboro red you little whippersnap huh. <laughs> 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 no i mean like good for you or whatever I mean, good, good. I mean, yep. i'm not famous either so okay <laughs> One star, honestly. <laughs> We're just going to drink our fizzy waters for a moment here and dull our tears. But yeah, so we went to this um, theater arts college. Wouldn't change a thing for the world. Um, New York was a blast and a bit of a blur, if I'm honest. New York was fun. It was very quick. There were lots of great parties. I'm not going to lie. Oh, of course. And lots of, uh, it was just we went to school, honestly, we went to school. We're not going to do the whole name drop thing. Uh, we have some cool people. But we went with some people that are doing very well yes. now. And I look back and I'm like, I should have applied myself more. I, <laughs> I think I fucked myself up on I this one. Right? Like, <laughs> I should have dated that beautiful man that spoke to me in the general kitchen area. I'm such an idiot. But he's married now and she's lovely. But, um... <laughs> Good for you guys. It's fine. Um, but anyway, so I want to talk about so many things directly related to theater. Yes. First of all, since we've already kind of been on the topic, New York versus LA for acting. Now you have not really pursued acting much since you left New York, but you were yes. there for some time after yes. we graduated. So I've had a pretty even stint in both places. You focused solely on musical theater. Yeah. I did a little bit of that and a little bit of film television stuff. But what would you say are the biggest differences between the actors in New York and the actors in LA and the industry in New York and the industry in LA? I mean, I think a lot of the big difference, I think, between when we started and then when I was auditioning to now, a lot of like the self tapes and things like that. Yeah, because we, we were there in 2009, yeah. 10. We would go to we would go to like five rehearsals or five auditions a day in like the sin and the Pearl Studios. Oh, so yeah. Which going. is, if you've never been, it's this big building and there are just tons of rehearsal and um, audition rooms everywhere you can literally spend all day just running from room to room and that's, and that's what like a lot of people did like they would just go and they would just yeah and then you would see the same people you'd start like kind of forming like 
the group of people because you're there all day, every day. Yeah. And like, you know, whenever you can. And like here, so there's like that camaraderie that you kind of get just waiting in like the waiting rooms. But I don't think you have the best waiting room now. No, not at all. Nobody, nobody, you don't have to worry about that now. So it's like, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you have like all these self tapes now? Because they're inundated and. Um, you know, I. Call them a pillow. Thank you. Yeah, I don't have my little um, sound screen thing and the people downstairs have decided now is the time for fucking baby shark or what the fuck ever they do with their kid um but baby shower baby shark um baby shark yeah it's it's funny because so for musical theater specifically i don't want to say i'm like nostalgic for these days because i'm very happy to not be getting up at the fucking ass crack of dawn and warming up your voice to the dismay of anyone that has to hear you doing scales at 5 a.m. and getting dressed to go stand out in the cold or the snow or the rain or the sun and wait for your turn to go in and hopefully be seen. But there is something about it. Am I wrong? It's like like you're, you're, you're so passionate about this thing. You're getting up to go do it. You're like, you're playing the night before. And it's kind of that, that like nostalgia of just going back and like having your your little book Bible and walking in. My favorite. Can we talk about the many different types of people that you would meet in specifically? So there is, again, for those who don't know, for stage performers, they have their own union called Actors Equity. And when you're equity, you have the luxury of not only being in the union and getting paid better rates, but you get to sign up for your appointment times. Or if you have a really good agent and you're not equity or you're eligible to join equity, your agent will get you a time slot, which means you don't have to stand in this out. I mean, I'm not shitting you hours and hours and hours. You will get up in New York, especially people will get there at like four, three or four o'clock in the morning in the fucking snow dressed to the nines and whatever they were going to wear and hoping that their hair, makeup and clothes stayed nice enough until they maybe got in the room at one, two o'clock in the afternoon, in the afternoon, yeah, maybe to sing and perform. And you don't want to leave because you don't want to lose your space. You would, don't want to lose your space, which they had kind of, you know, changed that and they had like a virtual waiting room or whatever for that. But um, the people that you would meet, because you're stuck in this line in your spot all those hours, That's and it. people would do different things to entertain themselves. There are some people that remember when knitting was like a super big deal in the early 2000s. It's like people were like, look at this ancient art form that I found. And they would like, I don't remember the knitting. Oh, girls would knit everything. You're like, no one even needs that. And it's like, it's a cozy. You're like, for what? And they're like, I don't know. They would just make fucking scarves and shit. I mean, they would knit all day. There's uh, the book people. I, I, I was a book you, Yeah, he reads a shit ton of books. Um, a book person. There is... Um, the person that is just yeah that chair is real squeaky you're fine it's not the best it's okay um there's the person who's just buried on their phone with their backup battery all day yeah there's the the person trying to find the outlet yeah (laughs) there's the person the person that is watch dogging the the wait list or the sign up list yeah that person who's like, there's a sign up list actually at the front. Yeah, we all already signed mm-hmm. in. But if you want to start like a new page, and then as soon as the doors open, they're like, are you guys going to go by the unofficial sign up list? Or do we need to start another one? Like, the ah, worst. Ah. And then there's the people that want to, they keep talking to you, but they fucking remember you. It's those people that remember. Oh, yeah. It's like, like super rain man. You're like, Ooh. yeah, you're like, they're okay, like, I met you 10 years ago. You're like, yo, like, okay, cool. Lion King yeah. audition, right? You're like, oh, 
you just keep talking about whatever you're talking about. I'm like, I don't care. Dude, I think the worst, especially because you're out there in the elements, you're there so early in the morning and your primary function when you get in that room is to sing. I'm not going to blow my voice out by chitty chatting with all you motherfuckers in this line. And I know I'm not the most, you know, community driven person in those situations, but I'm just not, I'm not going to blow my audition because you wanted to talk my ear off and need something to do with your time. It's like Mrs. Peacock in the movie Clue when she's at the dinner table. And yes. She's like, oh, I just think, blah, blah, blah. yeah. yeah. The, so you have the chitty chatter. Yes. My personal favorite is the person that thinks that they are going to give their best audition out in line. They're singing oh, their God. song. Shut yeah. the fuck up in line. They're singing their song for hours. Or whatever song comes on there, you know, it used to be iPods or whatever, mm. and they're doing scales all day, mm. and then they get other fellow musical theater and weirdos together. Like, oh my gosh, I need to warm up too. Oh my gosh, can we warm up together? Yes. Or they'll oh be like, gosh. oh my god, I love JRB. If you sing Jamie, I'll sing Kathy. And you're like, please don't, please don't. I don't, I don't. It's always want- they're always performing. Shut the fuck up. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> or or. Uh, the person that thinks that if they make best friends with the monitor, that that's going to hit the person that's there for equity, just to make sure everybody's signed in properly. Like they know them all and they're like calling them by name. If I was a monitor, I'd be like, say my name again, bitch, say my name again. I mean, I would, I would be the monitor that would be like, I would come in first back and this is, you know, you know, Bill Smith. Just a big old L. No, 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 we're not doing it. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, I mean, there are, I don't know. I kind of miss those days. Just because you'd get the best stories out of it. The shit would people would say stories. in lines. But um, it's just for people watching. Like people it's watching. People sing. watching. Yeah. Like seeing all of those extroverts in one place. That's- <laughs> It's a zoo. I am an extroverted introvert. I will when I have to be. It is not, I would not say my default setting, but it can be confusing to people to see me out in social situations because I'll be the life of the party and then I go home and I'm like, it's done. Yeah, we don't have to talk anymore. It is done. And I just (laughs) that was that was kind of the great thing about when we would go to parties when we lived together. Yeah. It would be like we would just go, have a great time, be the party, come home get out of bed and just like watch whatever what was our what was our show we watched oh we were watching walking dead back then That's what it was, walking and then dead. when i lived with you and the boys so um i lived with i lived with you only with like a group of four boys yes it's very bizarre two times now and the second time um at the the i jokingly i ended up getting stuck there for a couple months because i was supposed to go away to ireland and during the pandemic they opened up and i had a flight to go there and literally two days before my flight they canceled they everything. Down. They shut down. They shut went down. to a level five and I couldn't go anywhere. And I had put everything I owned in storage. My lease was up. I'd let that go. I'd sold my car and I, I had nowhere to go. And so you guys were so kind. You were like, you could just stay here. And um, they jokingly called me the Wendy to their lost boys. Yes. But it was kind of like being the den mother for a frat house. My favorite part though, was on Monday nights, this group of this whole house of straight boys fucking loved the bachelor and the bachelorette. So we would bust out wine and we would sit on the couch and we would watch bachelor nation and just fucking go to town. I watched bachelorette last night by myself. That's the saddest (laughs) sentence. I think you're going to say all day today. (laughs) I even had the little like bachelorette cup. Oh yeah. I bought us all bachelorette cups. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, yesterday was a day. So I was just like, I'm going to, 
I was like, what do I want to watch? I was like, oh, these are fun. Let's watch The Bachelorette. And like, yeah, and my roommate just moved out. And so he and I would watch them. And now yeah. he's gone. And so I was like, oh, I miss my buddy. Hi, Robbie. <laughs> All right, Bachelorette wine, let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those, audition, those auditions. Those auditions were murder. And I do think that the self-tape is helpful now that it's here. I think it gives a lot more actors an opportunity to audition and it gives casting directors a lot more chance to see people, but there is nothing like being in the room. It is still my preference. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always for that. And I think I found too that here, maybe put that behind you. I think it's the just movement of the wood. I think there's the whole chairs. Oh, okay. oh that, that, that worked. It did work. Um, one thing was that holding an audition was interesting. If pre pandemic, I held an audition. Oh, um, and it was fascinating because we it was kind of it was low-key like how it was in new york where it was that was out here that you held the audition yeah okay so gotcha. you, we were able to like we rented out this room and we set the sides out to people who had who had applied mm -hmm. and um we had a bunch of people come in really good like really was this good for people. the kids for the for the show no no, no this no, was okay, for okay. um you don't have to say oh, no we did curious. we did do that yeah, I did a, but that was, those were self tapes. Oh, okay, okay. So this was an in-room like audition. In -room okay, audition. gotcha, this gotcha. Pre-pandemic, before like self tapes were a thing. That was an interesting one because I hadn't really been on that side of the table, mm. and so um, we would have the people come in, had the room all together, and there was only one dude that was in the studio that hung out of the studio, thinking that that's his spot where he needs to be to get auditions. In How LA. strange. And it, but it's not like that in LA. You kind of like rent out a space and then you can hold your audition. Like he there. was an actor? He was an actor wanting to get auditions, just kind of show, showed up to the studio and to like audition for what, what, whatever show was at that studio that day. That is the weirdest approach I have ever weird. heard. Sorry to this man, yeah. but that is, it doesn't make, make it make sense. But then we had, we had like, we had to get an older guy who was like a taxi driver, like big hearted dude or whatever. And so, but like in New York- Was York, the character you were looking for? Yeah. Okay. And so this guy comes in like, not over the top, but just sold the shit out of this character. Like he was like, I'm, you know, it was like, I'm, he's like, I'm from New York. Like that's where I grew up. Oh, and all perfect. This yeah. Like, went through, did the audition, did a really fucking good job. Yeah. And then at the end was like, oh, by the way, I don't have an accent. I was like, weird approach kind of impressed because you sold me on the whole thing. I was completely sold. Oh, so he did a New York accent for the audition and then pulled a switcheroo at the end and was like, JK, this yeah. is what I sound like. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, first I was like, set, like caught back. I was like, this is, this is kind of a weird approach, but I kind of like it. And he was kind of legit. He had done like some things before and he saw the project and was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Maybe I have a friend that does the most amazing accents and we'll go into a room if it's appropriate to the role we'll go into the room and do that accent and then and be like oh jk i'm from new england and you're like yeah and they because she's had people literally say like oh well you know where in blah 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 are you from and they'll even name a region and she'll be like oh no i'm not from bristol i'm from blah 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 it's just like wow that's like she's cool. so good it's a fun little switcheroo that's to be good, able to pull if you tactic. if that's you're a, that good if you're, if fuck you're it, that do good. it i mean I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion, like, there are no rules anymore, so fuck it, do it, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, might as well. Okay, so then, um, LA, I'll, I'll speak to this one. LA actors versus New York actors. New York actors are 
generally, in my opinion, more theatrically trained. It's a big theater town. Yeah. Um, the schools tend to lean that way. Um, there's a lot more emphasis on methods, different methods, teaching, you know. Yeah. Uh, Stanislavski, Meisner, uh, not Viola. Um, yeah, well, that was pulling for um, um, fucking uh, Uda, Uda, Uda Hagen is who I was thinking of. Oh. Um, so, and then out here, I just feel like LA actors, for the most part, are like, but I'm pretty. And you're like, okay, but can you speak? And they're like, I'm pretty. That's not on the whole, but I feel like there is a sense that it's like, I don't really need to be in class. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, you do. You could say you're an actor and not do anything, but you're here for acting. Right. There's a lot of those, I do know a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I'm an actor. I'm like, oh, so you're working towards it. Yeah. What are you doing? Zero. The, yeah. Blank stares. Blank just, stares. Just blank stares. Sorry. I realized. I auditioned I a lot. As yeah. if I was being filmed. <laughs> but no, You're just in your own know. movie right now. Yeah. Um, Cause they can see. Yeah. It. It's like, just, you know, I don't know. Take, take a class, get out, oh, network, meet people. Be doing something. Like it were, you know, if no one's casting you, hi me, then just create your own stuff, but Start, like be doing something. Be doing something towards the thing you want to be doing. It doesn't right. have to be something big. Update your head. I just feel like there's a lack of, I think here's the reason why. I think a lot of people move here because they are the best at what they do from whatever small town they're from. Mm. And everyone's like, you can totally make it. People that, by the way, have never been in a large market or in this industry are like, you can make it. I'm like, they don't know. Um, and so they come out here full of hopes and dreams, but there's no education behind it or there's, only the education that like, for instance, I grew up in Fresno, which is a California city, but it is in the middle of the state. Yeah. We have a little bit more access to the information and the availability that Los Angeles or a large market city would provide. But if you were from say Iowa or whatever there, it's going to be whoever like did community theater in Iowa that's teaching you, you know, and you're not getting like, a, in Iowa. I don't Boise. Oh, Boise. There we go. That's I was like, the only one, one I know, I don't know. but, um, you know, you're getting a teacher that's probably never had like boots on the ground in a real industry. No. Um, so you're getting the best education that they can provide to you or the best information that they can provide to you, but it's not really tried and true practical application industry knowledge for the city that you are actually intending to be in. So they come not educated enough or not educated in, oh, I, this goes across the board. I don't care what school you go to teach actors, the business of acting you are a commodity. You yourself are a commodity. You business yourself are you're, you're a business. A you are a product. So not just what you physically and you know deliver, whether that's your looks or your singing or your dancing or your you know acting or your special skills, but you are a business. Like you should be doing a Schedule C. You should be filling out your taxes. You should set up you know your own business, business and be a business. Um, so you should go through your LLC. Like oh yeah, if you if you have reason to do an LLC, but it's stuff like that. So these folks come out here and they are, again, the best from whatever little town they're from. And everybody's like, you can do it. And they show up with dreams, but not enough education. And then they're like, well, I'm an actor. And I'm like, to your point, but what are you doing? And it's like, I am an actor. And you're like, no, it, you need to be creating work for yourself. Drive. You need to be in class. You need, yeah. There's drive. You know, like the beyond, beyond like craft or anything else. It's just, the, it's the, it's drive knowing what the thing you want, and like we, were, like we talked about the specificity, mm -hmm. the, but this, the drive, you have to have that just. I want to take a break and come back to specificity. It sparked a thought in my mind. Okay. okay we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Here's my thing. 
um, when it comes to specificity, actors don't know their type. No, yeah, know what you are and what you get cast in and how you get casted. Cast. Cast, that's what I said. Oh, I thought you said casted. I did. Okay, well, we're gonna let that one go. We're gonna let that one go. Um, but yeah, know, know what you're selling. Mm -hmm. If I go to the store, I'm gonna pick a Coke bottle out whether it says Coke on it or not. You know why? It's branded. It's always the same. Always the same. It's the same colors, it's the same font, it's the same shape of the bottle, right? So know what you're selling. No, I had a lady once, this was the best gift ever. God bless Nancy. I was upset because I didn't get called in for a part that was a soprano part. And instead I got called in for a very great role, but an alto role, but I, which I was thankful for. But because she and I knew each other, I was like, you know, I was a little like bummed I didn't get a chance to sing for this other part. And she kind of laughed and she said, Allison, you're never going to get called in for that kind of part ever. And I, I mean, it felt like a punch to the gut. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, those types of roles are sweet, delicate, ingenues. They can be funny. Sure. Which is the category I tend to be in. They can be sexy. Sure. Which is the category I tend to be in, but there is an innocence and a youthfulness about them. And we were having this conversation when I was like 22, 21, 22. So it wasn't age, it wasn't an age knock to me, but like the essence of that person is, yeah. is a youthful, you know, almost I am 16 going on 17 kind of vibe, right? And I said, what do you mean? She's like, the second you walk in the room, I can guess that you curse, you've had sex and you've smoked and you drink. Like that's just the way, there's nothing gentle about your energy you come in like a fucking freight train and i was like oh nancy's right and that saved me i've always been so grateful it saved me so much fucking time i stopped wasting friend. my energy on those roles why why would i put myself through that torment and wonder why i'm never getting it and i'm always feeling like i'm missing the mark it's hard enough in my own category well that's because you had a good friend yeah, well, I had she had been a professional New York casting director for years and years and years before she decided to retire into other aspects of theater, which is where she ended up being my director. And so she brought all that knowledge and, and passed it on quite, you know, quite That's lovingly. That's a huge gift because a lot of people huge will gift. never get that, that opportunity to, to have somebody you know tell them that or it could fall upon deaf ears. But mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have. Somebody but you have to they, be willing to receive it. That's the problem. You can't be so it. triggered by it but that you decide people, that you don't want to hear it and that that person is bad or mean for telling you. It was literally a, a career it. lifesaver. There is a way it, of saying it. There's a way of saying it. So, um, uh, what is it? Um, I think Kristen Bell. Um, oh, Anna? Truth, truth, without, truth oh. without tact is cruelty. Or honesty without tact is cruelty. Ooh, yeah. I read a so, thing, too, that said um, some people are so interested in brutal honesty that they actually just come off as brutal. Mm -hmm. So being able to, like, how your friend put it is exactly the way that you need to present the thing so for it to be received. And then you also have to receive it without thinking it, without taking it the wrong way. But being able to have that friendship, that's a good friend to have. Well, and not being so, so tied to the identity that that thing represents, right? True. If I had decided, come hell or high water, no, no, I am a glorious lyrical soprano ingenue. Can I sing it? Yeah. Can I act it? Yeah. Operative word being act it. It's not 
my natural essence. It's not the root and core of who I am. So you're always going to be getting my best impression of that rather than somebody who authentically brings that every time because that is just who they are, right? So I'm doing now the role and the whole production a disservice to be playing at that thing. But if I had decided for all intents and purposes that that was who I was and that was the actor I was determined and meant to be in this life, could you imagine how absolutely unearthing, unsettling that would be? I would just be rocked from my foundation. And it would have been over. But if you have the openness to go, okay, I hear that. I receive that. I'm going to feel the way I feel about it because it's asking me to change my perception or maybe rethink the way I've been approaching things and we don't, humans hate being wrong. Then once I do that, I can recalibrate, but that's my work to do. It's not, as long as somebody has, like you said, presented it with kindness or with true intentions and help or love behind it, then it's my responsibility. It's my personal job to go look myself in the mirror and go, well, why did that upset me so much? What parts of myself am I identifying with that that I can't let go of and how am I hindering myself? But those are real conversations that a lot of people aren't willing to have with themselves. <laughs> Welcome to Los Angeles. Everything is fake and there's a lot of nose jobs. I always like to say all the glitter that you see on the Walk of Fame is just shattered dreams. It's all in the cement. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so then um, let's talk about, um, we've kind of gone through existential crises. Um, what about best role and worst role? Ooh, okay. Let's oh. do, which one do you have on deck first? Which one comes to mind first? Um, Tobias from Sweeney Todd, best role. Ooh, that'd be good. For those of you who don't know, which is everyone, um, Garrett is like a super high tenor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can the, the voice. Yeah, you got the low notes though too. Yeah, what, yeah. what would you say, like a berry tenor with like a pretty extended tenor range? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I can hit low, but it like gets- But it's, you're not like rolling with the basses. But yeah, I'm also yeah. not rolling with like, like the, the, the crazy high tenors. What are they? Counter tenors? Contra, yeah, contra tenors? Yeah, like the like um, what's his face? Or Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz can get up there. Jason Mraz, yeah. My yeah. dad loved Jason Mraz. If you're listening, Wayne Allwine loved your voice so much. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, nice. Um, but yes, yeah, so that role was probably my best acting. Yeah. I fought for that one really hard. Also, I just want to point out, it's like a fucking Russian block party at my apartment complex today. There's music downstairs. There's people talking so goddamn loudly outside. So whatever you hear. I think there's I don't two even know. Ones. Yeah, there's it's, it two like, very separate parties like happening at the same time. I can't take it. It's like drumming. kids. <laughs> Tribal, tribal drumming and like uh, upbeat kids bop. Oh. Um, okay, Tobias or Sweeney Todd. Who's the super high tenor you're trying to think of? Um, um, he's our friend that went to Andrew with us. Oh, he's, Joe? He's, he's now doing um, Pirelli. Joe? No. No. no, 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 no. Uh, um, oh, with the last name you? Yes. Bigger guy? No. Italian guy? No. No. Um, um, what are we? Come on. No, no, no. I just uh, saw on Instagram. I. He's a super high tenor. He's got an amazing. Voice. I just wish everyone that lived around me would go away. Is that wrong? I just that's my only goal in life ever is to be yeah, alone. Armando. Who? Um, let me show you a picture. So not an audio. Remember him? Oh, Hernando! Yeah, Hernando's yeah, amazing. He's got the crazy high. That that he crazy does. high tenor. I don't have that. 
Few do. Few do. His shit's ridiculous. His shit's ridiculous. It's amazing. Absolutely. Hernando, Her- you're amazing. Um, yeah. And he sing- and he sings like the like the, the dude that I know here that's in the band that um, a bunch of like my, the restaurant coworkers are, and they have like the same type of voice where they just they just don't stratosphere. Stop. Yeah, it's like the dude stop. from um, Panic the Disco. Have you heard his? Oh cover? my gosh! Have you heard his cover of yes. uh, Into the End? Yes. I'm like what? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so good. Give him all the awards. I'm like, like, what? Because he well, he's he, in the women's register. He did well. He did the um, he he did uh, Kinky Boots with him on though. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, no, sickening, crazy, like sickening. I don't have I don't have that. Also, I, the guy from Scissor Sisters who just did it here at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't think of his name, but I love Scissor Sisters. We're gonna take your mama out all oh, night. Yeah, 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 we'll show her what it's all about. Yeah, those guys have pretty high voices. I live. Okay, so Tobias was your best. Was uh, do you have a worst role or a worst audience? Oh, I once performed to forty-two people that were blue hairs on a Sunday matinee and did not want to be there. They just wanted to gum their applesauce and go home. Well, it was see, I, awful. I used to do when I was growing up, like doing like the singing troupe thing. We used to play at retirement homes. Singing troupe is that like show choir? But I'm mean, basically it's like uh, this. This music teacher would have like a competition scene group. So like we would go to like competitions, like singing competitions, like, you know, like dance. show choir. Yeah. But like not, but like dance studios, like dance moms. Yeah. But we would be the one or the one or two acts that would like have a singing competition as well, where it's like singing group ish, but like also like scenes. more. Music How many people are in it? It was like 12 of us. Like a glee club. Yeah, but we were doing like kind of like a glee club. Were you doing dances, movements? Mm-hmm. Was there choreographed movement? Choreographed movements. Then you were in show choir, my man. I guess, but it wasn't like, but it was it wasn't through a school. You're like, it but like, it wasn't dumb. <laughs> no, no, no. But it wasn't through I don't a think school. It has to like be we paid school. to do it. Like, it wasn't through um, a school. Like we paid money to this woman. Like, was it worth the money? No, oh, never worst, is. Worst vocal teacher I ever had. Yeah. Second, well, no second worst. Ugh. No worst. No. Um, <laughs> no. Um, she was. She was. She was. She was like bitter that she never made, made it. it. Mm, yeah, we've um, all we've all had those teachers. But at some so point. when I was in high school, I had a fairly traumatic experience being in the audience of a show. Why? So before I had entered, before I started doing theater in high school, I um, just I went to go. See, they would do like <laughs> previews to try and like sell tickets. Oh God. So. Um, instead of going to English class, all the class for the day would go to see like a snippet of the show, like a trailer, basically. Uh-huh. And I went, I don't remember, it was my freshman year, I don't remember what the show was, but the kids were so awful. Oh, they do not give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. They started just like berating people on stage. <gasps> like Straight up heckling? Heckling, throwing shit. <gasps> like not okay. And the director stopped it he was like, you know, go backstage, like, you know, we'll be fine. Went up to the audience and just went off Ugh. on the guys. Like, who, who the do you think you are? Oh my God. These guys are up here just performing and trying to take you out of where you are. We were out of Eagles class. You don't have to go to Eagles class today because of- They're this. like, boo, you're sit down. You're being a dick and just like went off on these kids. And he was like, go, get out of here. All of you. I, I see don't you, see you and you detention. Faces. Everybody else get out of here. Damn. Clear the hall. And I was like, so that's what I thought theater in high school was going to be like when I started performing it. Oh no. I hated doing those, those like those teaser things. I hated doing Dude, we used to have to, uh, the community theater that I used to work at, 
we used to have um, greeting shifts because it had a lot of season ticket holders. And in the lobby on the way out, there was a shift where everybody in the show would have a shift where you had to go with a few other actors. You weren't out there by yourself and you would stand out there and you would greet people on their way out. And, you know, if they want to take a picture or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I hated it. I understood the reason for it, but I hated it. And you would see people like try to finagle and find a way to like not have to do it because you had to do it in your um, full costume. So the other shitty part of it was you were the last one out at the end of the night. And if you had like a big wardrobe, then you were there for so long hanging your stuff up because, you know, if you, you're just running up changing, you just drop your shit wherever. And then you got to put it all together. And it was the worst on a Sunday because you've done two shows and all you want to do is go home and you got all these things plus laundry call. So you got to like fill your ditty bag and put everything. It's just like, oh my God. And like all your dry cleaning had to be like on your specific stuff and labeled. And it was awful. And then you just get like all these, because the season ticket holders are old. The people that have the money to pay for that are old yeah. people. Bless their hearts. Thank you for being sponsors of the arts. But they're like, I saw you when you did. And you're like, keep it moving, Nana. Like, uh. Oh, God damn it, Grandma. Like, we got shit to do <laughs> yeah. here. Like, I want to go trail. home. I want to get blackout drunk because I'm 22. And I just finished an eight-show week. Yeah. Well, okay. So what's your, what's your like, what is your, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to separate into two. Oh, okay. So what is your, what is you feel the best role you've done? Mm. And what is a role that you haven't done that you feel you can do great at? Ooh, okay. Um, best role I have, oh, I want to say it's like two or three. You, you just give it to me. Okay. So um, I was Velma Kelly in Chicago. Okay. And that to this day is one of my favorites. Yeah. I worked the hardest. Um, I can dance. But that is such a stylized type of dance. And the gal that was playing Roxy was also the choreographer. So I couldn't cheat any of it, right? It had, And there's a big dance number with Roxy and Velma called the Hot Honey Rag. And they are dancing in sync with one another. So um, I think as a dancer, I've never worked harder in my life. And I will always be grateful for, to that show for well, bumping Bob, me up a level. And if you're doing Bob Fosse, you know that you're going to have a lot of rehearsal time because that's what he would do. And that's what you have to do to learn that style. Style, Yeah. Way. It's very, um, anti antithetical to how the body moves. Um, and then, uh, rent, I was Maureen Johnson mm -hmm. and that was a role that I had auditioned for out in New York and felt like I had gotten very close to, you know, finally getting there when I was much younger. And then I kind of thought, oh, well, it never happened. And that ship has passed. And then I was able to play that role in my very early thirties. And it was honestly, it, it was such a better, you kind of see in those moments, like I was not prepared for that role mm -hmm. when I was called in for it at 24. Like it was not, I would not have done it justice, but being 32 or 31 and going in and, and playing that role, it was, um, I, I brought a much better performance to it at that time. Um, and then there's Ava Perone and, um, I know now, you know, very, it, for all good reasons, uh, I would not be cast as that yeah. part, nor should I be. I'm not, I'm not Latina. I'm not Argentinian. Um, so I am grateful that I, I did have the opportunity to play that role though, just because it's such a meaty role and vocally it's in this scene, like yeah. I'm there saying no, you know, that's like, ugh. um, and she's just such a fascinating role and, you know, she was a real person that I got to do so much research on. And, um, so that was really fun. What was the other ask though? Uh, haven't done. Think you'd be great at. I think I'd be great at. Okay. Um, 
I would love to do a couple different tracks. Um, I think I'd be great in Waitress mm-hmm. as um, Jenna. I think I would have fun with it, I should say. I think I would have a, a different, a slightly different take on her. Um, let's see. I just recently went in for um, a cover for Delia and Barbara and um, Juno, Maxine, and Miss Argentina, funnily enough, because mm. um, that's just the track. Uh, there's only so many people. Uh, for Beetlejuice. And honestly, those songs are vocally in the pocket for me. It was so fun. I didn't get it, which is fine. No, you know, sometimes you're just not the right person for the job, but if it ever came back around, I would absolutely jump on that in a heartbeat. It was just, it was so fucking fun preparing those sides there because they're such characters. Like every single role that I read for was a, because it's all, you you play all the, it's the swing. So you have to be willing to and able to step into any of those parts at the drop of a hat. And swing work is just the most fun. Like I, I live for that rush of like, surprise, you're on. You're like, ah! um, so that would be fun. Um, I, I don't know what else right now. I feel like so much stuff is closing. I feel like it would be fun to play Bobby in the new, um, company. I know that's closing. Um, oh, Baker's wife would be fun one day, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just not quite old enough for some stuff yet. Yeah, I got you. What's interesting, kind of. Like- oh, uh, sorry. No, no, it just dawned on me. My dream role, like I, I have to age into it, but I want to play the chaperone in drowsy chaperone. I'm letting it be known here and now. I want to play the chaperone in drowsy chaperone as we stumble along. Bitch, yeah. that is me. <laughs> it's me. Uh, yeah, it's me. It's absolutely me. Okay, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh no, I, don't, I was gonna say like it's kind of interesting like now, kind of you know, as we were talking about different different avenues of places and if like musical theater, something I would go into again. Kind of thinking about the roles that I would be in now, from when I where I was when I was at the height of my musical theater stuff at like twenty six, twenty five, like around that area, yeah. the twenties. And then taking this long break, see about going back at like 35 to start playing like the dads. Because yeah. I was thinking, I was like, you know, because now Wild Party makes more sense. <gasps> oh, I would love to be Kate in Wild Party. I would love to be Burr. Oh, Burzy the Clown. Uh, Darcy, mm-hmm. what's his name? Brian Darcy. Brian Darcy James. Mm-hmm. He's good in everything. He's good in everything. I he might be, I think, one of the most versatile adult male actors. I, I don't yeah. know why I said adult, like most of them are, but um one hundred percent. Because he was the original original, right? Yeah, yeah. King George. He was the original King George in Hamilton also, left to go do Shrek, was it? No, no, he, he did, left to do He left that to oh, do uh, something something's rotten. rotten. And then he left Something's um, Rotten. No, no, no. He left uh before that. Um he left next to normal there we go next mm-hmm. to normal to do shrek that's right and then left shrek and Hamil- uh, left hamilton to do i think he left shrek to do a couple movies and shows yeah because he was on um spotlight. smash and spotlight he was on like he was- oh he was in spotlight yeah. oh yeah why do i not remember him i'll have to rewatch that yeah um, but no, he's, he's great in everything he does. It's yeah. Great. You know who else is great in everything he does? And the fact that he hasn't gotten a Tony Award yet makes me want to burn the world to the ground. Rob McClure. 
Oh. I fucking adore Wait. him and his wife. Stop it. And their little girl. Stop it. He is so fucking talented. Let me just, this is now a Rob McClure appreciation post. Wait, remind, remind me. Oh, I will. Okay. So he first came onto my radar when I saw him with my sister from another Mr. Julie in New York to this day is still one of the best shows I've ever seen. Chaplin. He played Charlie oh. Chaplin. He played yeah, Chaplin so well. That you, like, literally, I think Chaplin's own family was like, what the fuck? Wait, what did he just do now? Okay, I'm happy to continue this. So, he did Chaplin. Uh -huh. Then Chaplin closed. He did the tour of Something's Rotten. These are all not in um, order, by the way. Because um, that's where I saw him. I had no idea he could tap dance. He was the original Adam Maitland in Beetlejuice. But he left that to go do Mrs. Doubtfire, which I saw in previews in yes, Seattle with yes, my yes, actual yes. sister. And it was awesome. It still had like a few kinks to work out, but it was so good. And so that just recently closed. So I'm curious what he's going to jump onto next. He does a lot of like um, individual, like like concert cabaret type performances. But does he do? Does does he like crossover into film and television? I don't like Darcy? think so. Is he strictly... I don't think so. Or if he does, I've not seen anything. You know what? He'd be oh, he'd be great on um, Maisel. That's a show I'd love to be on. Maisel. Maisel is. Are you kidding me? As fast as I talk? Mm. That writer, my is, happy little, she writes for you. It's basically I know. A fast back and forth with a. Like, so if you're listening, Paladino, right? Paladino, yeah. Paladina. Yeah, Paladina, Paladina. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's take a quick, quick break, and then we're going to come back because we have so much more to discuss. Welcome back, my little chickadees. So, oh, he's cracking open that Perrier or whatever it is. Um, oh, Pellegrino. Hmm. Um, but I want to get into what I think is the most fun, which is when everything goes to shit on stage. So let's talk about missed entrances and dropped lines. Anything in that vein? I, I, I was going to say, I'm happy to go first. I was in a production of Kiss Me Kate. And I was playing Bianca and uh, the guy that it was my opposite and I went on for a dance called the Tarantella and we went on after the song started. So we were waiting backstage and the way that that stage was set up. So all the other actors had to be as the lights come up on stage mid this dance called the Tarantella. But in the blackout, they had to like move some of the set as well, including one, which was a flap that opened up, there's a fixed wall, and it opened up like a book and attached to another piece of the set that's closing off a doorway. Okay. So one of the people that comes on in the blackout, one of the first dancers on, it's their job to unhook it and fold it into the wall and secure it, and then all the other actors can come through that now open doorway. So this show had a lot of downtime for the ensemble, and so I can't even remember the kid's name that uh, was my opposite. I can't even remember the character's name that's my opposite. But um, we're back there, dressed in our costumes, ready to go. And the scene is kind of winding down. That's before this number. And we're looking around. And he goes, where is everyone? And I said, well, when I went up to change into this, they were all still like playing cards, hanging out. He's like, OK, well, they're they're good. They're good. They're good. They're good. They're professionals. They'll be here. And we had some like seasoned vets from this rep company. Like they'd been performing there for like off and on for 20 years, like pros. Well, the way it was set up is 
the dressing rooms are above the stage. And to come down to the stage, there is a stairwell. So it goes down one set of stairs, then there's a landing, and then there's like two or three steps to the ground floor. And then you jump up onto the raised platform that is the stage. So all of a sudden, it's getting closer and closer to the end of the scene. And I'm like, oh my God, no one's coming down here. And the kid that's office me is like, should I, should I go up and like yell at them or, you know, like tell them to get down here. I'm like, well, no, cause I don't want us to miss our entrance. Like they are grownups. They know what they're doing. And he's like, I, I gotta do it. So just as the boom, the black hits and the music starts, he's at those last couple stairs to go run out. He's like, just going to make it in time to see where, and then you just hear <laughs> of every cast member, except for four people, like, <laughs> and you just see, and he's like slammed against a wall. You just hear boom, 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 boom. And then as they all jump to the landing, you hear <laughs> every single person. It's like a pile up in Renaissance costumes. And they just like fly through. And the girl that's supposed to open the flap is late, obviously, but every the train is coming. So somebody goes and they go, bam, and they hit the flap that wasn't open. And it's just like dominoes falling down. So somebody goes around and undoes it, but that's not their job. So they don't really know what they're doing or where the latch is. So they pull the flap open and all the women are scrambling in their petticoats to get up and get on stage. So about a third of them get up and get on stage in this blackout and the lights are slowly starting to come up while well, the flap wasn't secured to the wall properly so it goes and it as <laughs> the last few group of people are trying to come on so they get slapped back down by the flap and then just as the lights come to full people are like dancing but they're doing the most frantic panicked asthma inducing tarantella i've ever seen in my life now the dude and I that are coming on just shortly after that are laughing our asses <laughs> off, trying to catch our breath from watching this all go down. And so we stroll. I mean, we have the luxury because we're on like two eight counts after everybody else starts. So they're all still like, ah! like panic dancing. And we just cruise on in and start our dance. And we're the only two people breathing normally. And everyone's either trying not to look at each other or desperately has the church giggles or is rubbing their head because they just got slapped with a fucking flat. And we're just watching it all. I've never been in a better position. I was just like, huh? Because it would have been me. Uh, if if I had oh, yeah, not been the there, role oh, that I was, sure. I would have been the last bitch down those stairs. Oh, yeah. I would, and I would have laughed. I would have broken you character. Would I would, the entire time. it was the most ridiculous. I've never seen an entire cast miss their entrance. And it was my favorite. Well, see, mine, mine's less like, so Kiss Me K, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a Kiss Me K story. So when yes. we did Kiss Me K, um, my buddy was the too darn hot guy. It was great. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He, was, he, he just had this like buttery voice and uh, just like was too darn hot. Yes. Like, yes. So we're doing too darn hot, and the AC is busted at the theater. Oh, I would just want to die. And then if you don't know that doing... song, by the way, Too Darn Hot, oh. it is a huge dance number. Huge it's like a swing, number. jazz, full blown, and it starts out real soft and then it just keeps fucking trucking, like just, the energy level. And bigger and yeah, bigger. it's, so it's we, a big number. So we started this one and we're going and, and it is hot in the theater. <laughs> And you're like, because we are not being funny. It's, it's Southern California in the summer. Ugh. And it was in a desert. 
<sighs> and as we're going to do the song, about halfway through, brown out. All the lights go down. All the lights go dark. Oh, no. Comes back on. We're all still on stage. But the music stopped playing. Oh, was it a track? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're kind of trying to figure out what to do. And this one dude, who's now, who I just went to his wedding, was like, wow, we're so hot. It was something along the lines of, Oh, no. So he did improv a line. He did. He did. Ah! Because nothing was going on. We're all on the stage just kind of like, in the lights just and he just said, the next scene and he just said um uh wow it really was too darn hot i guess let's try it again no and so we went all the way back <gasps> we started over again i hate it i hate it so much <laughs> because he already spoke it up i would do it that's he's the same kid <laughs> That would wait till the end of class and be like, "Teacher, you didn't ask about the homework," and he gets his ass kicked behind the backstop. That why would? Oh yeah. my god! So I hate. So it. we did. It, so we did it again. Started from the beginning, all sitting around, playing catch, like whatever bullshit before yeah, the yeah, song yeah. starts. And then we get to about a midpoint again, and it browns out again. <laughs> Hey, so, pal, baby Jesus says, I don't like this song. So we were like, Pick another. Well, I guess let's get back to work. And so we just all walked off stage. Yeah, just get We just quit, walked off quit. stage. Just all of us just like, oh. And my favorite thing is I was so mad at that. Because I was like, because my same reaction. Don't fucking, let's not start it over again. No, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's just and keep then a, like, keep it trying. Years later, he was like. Yeah, that was my best improv. I was like, no, buddy. <laughs> well, we I got a lot you. to talk about, I then, love, buddy. I love you, man, but that was not that was not the moment to do the improv. Oh my I've god! I've had so doing high school shows was fun. Oh, it's a whole other animal. It's a whole high other school thing. shows. Oh my god! You got kids that are like way too they attached to the material, and so they're like super emotional about it, or they don't give a fuck at all mm -hmm. or they're just there because that's where the girls are or the guys are that's your yeah, thing yeah. and um you know it's just it, it's such a mishmash of hormones personalities sure. and feelings it's just it's like oh god oh another one this one this one is is like could have been disastrous we were doing they miss and we have oh, that's the turntable with the barricades oh so we have the huge barricades right Two sections come in together, like a couple latches, and then were they off stage, rolled on, and hooked together in the middle? Uh -huh. Okay, so you got actors that are moving that. So we got we got actors and tech. Was it on a track? Them. Yeah, and it was on a turntable. So it's on a track and a turntable and so latches together in the middle. Uh, Jesus, this no, already it on, it's on wheels, not a track. It's on wheels. See, I was gonna say if it's yeah. on a track, at least then you can line it up. But you're just blindly shoving no. this piece at another piece like, and they, like they, maybe it'll work like the lineup like he, he did a really cool thing with this one because we toured it um he bought a very durable like flooring and put all the spots out during hell week oh. for everything so every theater we went to we took this flooring that's smart this way we had all the setups so we knew all the setups and everything um i mean the interesting thing was when you had to go from the um under like after um, no. Valjean is carrying Marius off, I was playing Marius. Oh yeah, yeah. Carrying Marius off, and then they have to go into like the sewer. Oh right, during, yeah. During the during this big song, we went down into the sewer. 
So whatever was available at the theater, we would hop into. Normally, we would hop into the orchestra pit. Mm. So then we would have to hop into the orchestra pit and then run around the whole building. labyrinth <laughs> was created from the orchestra pit to the center stage. <laughs> oh, because the next reveal, was, like during this, like, dun, 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 we had like 30 seconds. Oh my God. And so we had, At least you're a runner. And we were running. I'd be yeah, like, we well, running. then I guess you're not going to see me. And then, this, <laughs> and then this 40 year old dude was carrying 195 pound Garrett because that was fat Garrett. That was fat oh. Garrett, too. That was, that was very dark Garrett, too. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> so fat Garrett, he's like having to sing all these high notes while he's carrying me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm depressed. I'm so sad. I'm going to go eat about it. I'm sorry about that, too. <laughs> I'm getting up at 3.30 in the morning every day to work a factory job. I hate um, who I've become. Yeah. But the, so the barricade story was we were doing a, a tech and we were turning the turntables um, during something and they, someone didn't lock the last latch. Oh. And so as it turned, <laughs> everybody locks, everybody's on there and we're like, hey, guys, 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 like going further away as is as it's just widening out, full sense stop, all lights on, and the director's like, is everyone okay? Good. Who the fuck did you put on the lights? The last lights, you understand? That's it, that's the show. We're done, we can't do anything. We have to stop the show in front of the entire audience because we can't take those like normally. So if those go out of place, we have to move them and it would take the entire crew coming out and separating them out and like moving them into the right positions because they only, like it took it took a team of like fifteen dudes to set them up in its proper locations, and they they were on a fixed line. Oh. So to move them from that line to where they need to go is a total pain in the ass. Shit. That we would have had to stop the show, but luckily it was the final dress rehearsal. And like every good theater person knows, terrible dress. Terrible rehearsal. dress rehearsal. Great, great opening. opening. <laughs> that's how it was. See, that's the trick. See, yeah, that's actually an adage that everybody could take and apply to life. Terrible this, great that. Mm -hmm. It's just the rule. It's just the rule. It's the rule. Yeah. I had a, I was in a production of Gypsy and I was playing Gypsy Rose Lee. And um, at the end, she has a bunch of strips that she does mm -hmm. as her career is taking off. Then the dresses become more glamorous and elaborate. I got stuck in a dress. I got stuck in a dress. And I was like, I'm a stripper. I'm playing a stripper and I can't get out of my goddamn dress. <laughs> And the look, it's supposed to be like all sexy and I'm like turned to the back. And I think it was the one where I had like a really big hat. That was supposed to be what I like covered myself with once I got the dress undone. And instead I'm like, I look behind me all coy and coquettish and I start to pull the zipper and it's going and I'm like, do, 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 let me enter. Fuck. Oh God. It was my internal monologue. Yeah. <laughs> you let me make you smile. And I'm like, it's not coming up. I was like, ah! and so. I, and it was like a halter or something. So I couldn't like get out of it. Yeah. You know, it has to go over. It was a whole hot mess. So I got stuck in my clothes as a stripper. And then backstage, it's a quick change. It's like, it's <laughs> bus, another bus, club, club. Yeah, it was like that. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, my dressers, we have like one little like bite light or whatever. We're trying to like get it undone. And I'm like, just fucking rip it. <laughs> and they're like, no, Ginger will kill you. I'm like, Ginger will understand. Ginger was our costumer. And so we had to rip me out of it. Um, 
thankfully Ginger was very kind about it and put a new zipper in that was a bigger it was a more industrial zipper shall we say it was it was made for stripping uh but that's you know my only big costume fail that I can think of I mean I've never had like you know a tip fly out or anything like that no I've been we did have there was a lot of mooning on the Miz from offstage. Oh, it's all of our God. guys. Yeah. It's all of our guy it's all friends. Guys. Oh, and it's God. A, and it's especially fun when it's like a really dramatic moment. And our <laughs> our Javert was the king of this. And he would he would just moon us off in every moment. Like <laughs> I empty have, chairs and empty <laughs> Eponine's dying. Oh God. And I have one point where I'm like, you know, where I look up and I'm like, someone help me. He's off stage, just like just a bare ass out. <laughs> and I'm like, no. So I got him on one of the shows. I had like me and three of the guys during confrontation. He looks over, and there's one point when he looks over, and I just we just all gave him it was great. The full fruit the basket. Full all three of us. Ooh. So when you've done a show for a long time, oh, I have two examples of this. Okay. Um, goofing around on set. Yes, you're still professional, but when you've either done a show for an extended period of time and or you're doing shows with people that you've done a lot of shows with before, you can balance the two. You can yeah. balance the, the joking and the joshing and the like little funsy games and stuff. So I used to work on cruise ships and we were getting to one of our last shows of this particular production, which was being forever eliminated and closed out and would never be performed again because they were switching over to a new set of shows. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of taking the piss. We'd been on this contract for like, God, 10 months or something. And um, so we played a game called Farm Animal where you put like two sheep in a basket. You put two cows in a basket. You put two horses, two, whatever farm animals, you put two of each one, like you're loading up the ark. And then enough to cover the number of people that you have in your cast. And then you shuffle them all up and then you draw from a hat and you don't tell anybody what you've got. So let's say I had sheep and you had sheep. We don't know until we're on stage. And because for the dance core on the ships, they just danced. They didn't have to sing. There were no lines or anything. It was just dancing. Mm -hmm. So um, they had the luxury, if you will, to find their partners much more easily than say myself or the other singer, because they're constantly passing each other and these patterns and dancing and they don't have to stop to sing a line. So all of a sudden, and it's so quiet because they don't have mics on either because they're not singing. Um, all of a sudden in passing, you would hear like, bah. and you late until so you, you hear a ba, then you're like, Oh, I heard a ba, you know, and you as a fellow sheep are going to go bah. And so <laughs> you're trying to find your person. You're trying to find your match. So you'd hear like, no, <laughs> just quietly. It's like, Voila, Perry Moo. <laughs> you had all these little animals, and there was one number that was a country and western number, and it was really, really big, really, really loud. You couldn't hear shit but the track anyway. So anybody that had not found their partner at that point was just like, meow, meow. <laughs> ruff, ruff, ruff. <laughs> like, it's just because you were supposed to be like whooping it up and like at a hoedown or whatever. So we had that. And then I did a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And all of the cast for the brothers had done it before. They were all asked to come back and renew a contract to do it again. And so the only newbies to that were the wives. And if you have never seen Joseph, you know that the wives, we're just there to dance. We sing some background stuff. <laughs> yeah, like close every door. Then with the rest of the time, it's dancing around with the boys. And so um, during the grovel, grovel bag number where Joseph is um, at the center of the stage and all the brothers, we had a turntable oh, yeah, yeah. 
for our show, um, all the brothers are kneeling down at the turntable, they would do a tag, a game of tag. And so that was one of the things that they would do. They would tag and you would just see them because there were no tag backsies. That was the rule. So you'd see them all grovel, grovel. And as their hands came down, you would just see like tap on another dude's hand and you'd just see <clears throat> like you'd make these little fists like, fuck, I got tagged. So it'd go all the way down the line. But then when it got to the last guy, he couldn't just tag the dude next to him back. So he either had to wait until they came up from grovel, grovel, beg, and he would have to like sly lean over. So because that was the other thing, the audience could never catch you, right? So he'd have to find a way to like sly with the other person's body blocking, tag the dude back. But if it didn't resolve itself before like one of the final numbers, then we all the brides or all the brothers come out with their wives, and we were like human shields in this game of tag. <laughs> so then we at first we were kind of irritated, and then we were like, actually, this is kind of fucking fun. So we would intentionally like cock block the tags for our husbands. <laughs> so we had that. That was kind of fun. I was trying to think like um, one one of the interesting things about playing Marius is that I'm not on stage for 45 minutes. Yeah, you die fast. No, no, no. I'm there's an entire. Oh no, that's right. He's at the top and the play. and the end. Yeah, he's only he's only. I'm thinking on, of the wrong character. He's only on. Um, you're thinking about Javert. Thank you. So Marius is introduced like <clears throat> 10 minutes into the last. Like into the end of the first act because first act is like an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's a fucking long show. And then after that, and then the second act is I'm on stage the entire time. But the first act, I have 45 minutes, just like. Dude, I did 1776, same thing. Yeah, I would walk out. Salt Peter, John, bye. So go play chess for like an hour. We had a great time. I was hanging out with um, Dude Batman. And, <laughs> yeah, and then like just like and because that's where we met. Oh, gotcha, well, I, gotcha. I, 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 that's where we met Batman. New Doogies from like during years ago. Chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard later from like them that during empty chairs, like there was always kind of like not a super disconnect, but they had a lot of choreography days where I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And during empty chairs, my big number, there's like a moment where they pull up the scrim. Mm-hmm. And show all of my friends, my friends. Oh, okay. And um, in, in memoriam, yes, if you and will. So they're behind the scrim and they're literally like slow motion acting, like they're 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 deaf basically. And but before the curtain comes up to sh- for their reveal, it's just me on stage. Okay. And I'm singing away, and apparently I find out later that they were just like not just mimicking me in the back, dicking around, just like they're like either dicking around or, like fucking around with each other or like pretending to be me singing live and like I, they were just cracking up and then the, then the curtain would blow up and they were going to like, like they super over dramatic murder over dramatic slow motion shit and i have to like turn back and see them and then turn to the audience see i wouldn't have been and, able to watch them slow-mo warfare i wouldn't laugh that's so ridiculous it's, it's, it was a, yeah, I, you got to be in the pocket for that. You got to really be in your space. Otherwise, you look back and see your friends doing that. I'd be like, <laughs> "You look dumb." <laughs> well, because we had, we had rehearsed for this for so long. That's that, like, true. There was no. I didn't, it wasn't even funny anymore. You're just like, it's whatever. I didn't even think about it. We just did it. I just did it. it yeah. Was just like cool. <laughs> was, yeah, like oh, like when once you're doing something for so long, even all the acting beats that you have to get into, like to get yourself into that spot, they can become a little robotic. Either either robotic or like. I mean, that's why I love that. If you're not, you know, that's why you should be taking class. Mm-hmm. Well, Keep that's why fresh. I love my Ebony because she would, she's, you know, she trained at UCLA. Oh, nice. And so she did certain things like 
I wasn't quite getting a beat. Like, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't able to get where I needed to get to. Mm. And so at one point she was just like, I'm gonna, I need you to just, just heads up. When I die, I'm just gonna- I'm gonna cough blood I'm on your face. I'm just gonna release no. all of my weight into your arms. Oh. And I was like, okay. Oh, that must have and been like- that, <laughs> that was like, you literally felt like, like the full, like her, like the, the, the second that you died to like lose all of your- Yeah, yeah. Your power or your any sort of control. And so she just went completely limp. She's like, like, I'm gonna lose control of my body, including pissing myself. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> she shat herself on stage. Yeah, and she so said, I'm going to let that. There. I was like, I'm what never What is it? Gonna... Seven ounces or six ounces? What is your soul supposed oh, to weigh? Oh, that was like four something. Is it? Oh, I, don't I don't know. We don't know. Put it in the comments. I don't know. Well, you guys, this has been so fucking fun. If you want to do more um, theater kid memory lane moments, let me know. Hit me up. I'm either on Instagram at Feral Latchkey Kid or my personal Instagram is the Allison Allwine. Um, and you can email at allwinenobeerproductions at gmail.com if you want to let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Don't forget to give me five stars on this podcast because mommy loves you. And you can follow Garrett Torres on Instagram at? Garrett Torres. Two R's, two T's, two R's again. Yeah. G-A-R-R-E-T-T-T-O-R-R-E-S. Correct. There you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag it in here as well. Thank you so much, my college homie. My roomie. Oh, that's the best. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.